everybody, check it out. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to start a podcast. It has all the tools in one place that you need right from your phone or computer to edit and publish your podcast. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listing platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. I'm using it right along with you. You're listening to The Frankie Files. FrankieFilesPodcast.com The Frankie Files Podcast is researched, written, recorded, and edited by me, Frankie Tees. Follow me on Reddit at Frankie Tees and on Twitter at Frankie Tees for supplemental discussion. If you would like information on cults in the news, please join my new Substack. FrankieTees.substack.com. Today, my special guest is Siren Warner, journalist and founder of ColtStories.com, The Body International, which is a website where he journals and reports on various cults. We're going to start with his story on The Body Cult, which is now national news and getting a lot more attention. Siren, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great to great to be back with Frankie. Well, I've been reading your updates on the body cult, and it started in Alaska, moved to Washington, and now has locations for sure in Australia, if not mm-hmm. other places. How would you like to get into this today, Sarah? And I leave this up to you. I'm trying to think of like when we talked last, because so much has happened. We talked before you released the article on Melissa Parker and mm-hmm. Australia. So putting that out there was kind of a big, you know, a step forward. And, you know, I made obviously like I do TikTok. So there's like I made multiple TikToks about it. And like the I mean, the really insane thing about putting out that article was that the Melissa Parker just showed up on TikTok and showed up on Facebook. I mean, she hasn't done any social media since October of 2014. Um, She was kind of like a ghost. Like nobody really knew what was going on. People didn't, her kids didn't know what she looked like. Like her kids sent messages to me being like, you don't look like mom anymore. Um, Or or commented on her, her posts on, I guess that was on Instagram. Because she created all these social media um, profiles, like, at kind of at the same time, and then was, like, telling, you know, telling the world, like, she wasn't in a cult. And as a journalist following this story for six years about the body cult, which is Christian fundamentalists, if I'm not mistaken, were you convinced it was her creating those profiles? Well, I don't know if she created the profiles, but it's definitely, like, her face and it's her making the, the videos like pictures of her from you know back in the day it's just it's 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 melissa but i just don't think like i mean she's she her most of her life has been as like a stay-at-home mom Mm -hmm. so uh and and she she wasn't ever like just a tech person and i can tell you because i have you know i have a bunch of social profiles like it takes a while Mm -hmm. to set those up and to post all the content Mm -hmm. i mean i definitely think she had a, a bunch of help making those videos. So the same old thing of being coached how to represent the body cult, not herself. Um, and I mean, they, they seem her like, handlers like scripted to me. There's, mm-hmm. I mean, there's like no edits in her video and it's really hard to make like a three minute TikTok without edits that, I mean, it, it's, it's like very well. Um, I mean, she does, she, performs well but i i mean i think she's performing i guess and so for those listening who aren't up on the story you could definitely read about this at cultstories.com and siren one of the things that stood out for me is when i post i read your post on our cults on Mm -hmm. the body cult and someone commented and i said something about 
Wow, no wonder so many of your handles are free, Melissa Parker. Yeah. This woman hasn't been able to talk to her six kids. She's been trafficked now to Australia. Her -hmm. life controlled for how many decades? And someone responded, it's her choice. And I sent you a message. That was... Uh, Yeah, I I remember that. That, I mean, that was... That was sort of... She's doing it on her own. It's mm -hmm. her choice. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, that was very clear. I mean, that's very clearly like one of these. I mean, it's like sort of a sock account. There's there's a bunch on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Some of them have been identified now. But these these account that they clearly like know something or they're very like or the mm-hmm. or just the people who who come out and say like, oh, it's her own choice. Like she can do whatever she wants or or whatever. You know, I I don't believe those are like trolls or because if you watch the content or or read the content i don't think there's a whole lot of doubt about like what the organization is or that like it's hurting these people that this has happened a couple times someone clearly came to do propaganda on the situation Mm -hmm. that people the public is starting because of your viral video on tiktok of the arrest where one of the members was calling his child uh, property. When you talk about propaganda too, I mean, another big thing that happened, um, this was like August 10th, is that the body like hired a newspaper that like a pay to play newspaper, which is like its own story that how corrupt this newspaper is, but to write a story about like a pro cult story about how Chris was wronged and, you know, the, the woman who got the kids and the 12-year restraining order that is, you know, he's got a 12-year restraining order against his ex-wife, like, to his ex-wife and kids um, for a reason. Paper was saying, like, how horrible that was. And there was a paragraph about me um, mm-hmm. that I, I was, like, stalking and I'm a libelous, malicious, mm-hmm. nonsensical blogger. Or they didn't call me a blogger. They called me an internet blogger, which I thought was funny because it's so redundant. <laughs> I mean, that was like definitely a propaganda piece. And it, it also contains like a hostage video of, of this woman where she's she's telling she's saying that, you know, I don't want the kids. I've agreed mm-hmm. like Chris can have the kids. The real tell is that she says in the video, like, I am not being forced to say this in any way. And it's like, whoa, like why would you say that? Like, again, why did she make this video in the first place? Because like the legal stuff where she signed over rights to the kids happened like months and months before this. So, Mm. you know, six months later, she's making this video that, and I I just can't believe that this place published that. I mean, it was also like, you know, good for me to tell the story because then I could like put that video on the internet mm. explain the situation and what was going on at the in 2018 when it was made what state or country was that paper in that published the propaganda piece pro the body cult it's it's called the US observer it's mostly in the pacific northwest it's such an insane rabbit hole to, to look into the US mm-hmm. observer and read their article okay. but yeah it was published in Oregon but they what they do is like when they publish these articles they typically well maybe not this article I don't I don't know like how it works as far as like shipping mm-hmm. but they like print this newspaper there's there's a story like from this guy I, I found online about um the US observer where they will mm-hmm. like if they're saying like this man is innocent like even if he's a murderer they don't care um they'll send copies of the paper to like the that jurisdiction you know send it to town and then you know then they leave forever like it's always amazing to me like one of the first things that occurred to me as a cult ex-member they won't go through a lot of trouble to correct just one person speaking out that i was so wrong yeah they will go to great lengths to squash all opposition i've seen it in scientology and many other small cults too i just really i'm proud of you for illustrating this in real time Mm -hmm. as it happens this is how it happens we're looking at like you say a hostage video now i just want to get into 
just quick recap for me too. I still have some questions. Melissa Parker, when did she get contact with the body cult? Um, I believe it was 2003. I mean, she's one of the first members. Mm -hmm. She's, I think she's the only remaining oh. female member who was there like at the start. Got it. I think so. I could be wrong about that though. Cause there's this other woman, Ruthie that I don't, I don't know when mm -hmm. she joined. So that would explain the six kids over 20 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think she, she might have had, like, two kids in the beginning when it started. But, I mean, she was very much, like, a dedicated mother. Like, mm -hmm. you know, she didn't have, like, she never had, like, a real job. And, like, when she was in Alaska for the, all those years. So in, in this article, I'm reading off your article, 10 years into her experience with the body, Melissa had her sixth child, a girl. Her family was more tightly knit than ever. The underground church they were all members of was thriving, too. The body was accruing resources. Melissa's husband, Craig, had brought more people to the organization after recruiting Chris C. and Carrie C., a young couple with family assets from a packaging business owned by Chris's father that would aid the body. Others were joining the group as well. The body ballooned to about 30 people in America on foreign visas. And this is where you start to update us. How did they traffic this Alaskan-born woman to Australia? It's so complicated. Complicated, but it's also like it makes sense. I mean, sort of what I what I conclude that article with is like, um, you know, the, the guy, she the, the elder in the church is way older than her that she married and that's how she's an Australian citizen. His name is Peter Q. And he's another person, like his daughter was in the cult for a long time. Dicks out like a sore thumb. He, I mean, he, he talks too much. He has a, you know, thick Australian accent. And, right. you know, these people exist in rural groups and, um, you know, these just rural communities in America, like, you know, Nikiski, Alaska and Tanasket, Washington. And, yeah. You know, he's kind of bad for business. And Melissa Parker is bad <laughs> for business, too, because, I mean, she, like, her story is just so extreme. I mean, I think it's like a wild goose chase in Australia. Like, they are, they, they mm. definitely, I've, I've talked to people they've tried to recruit. This husband and wife that knew them best. It's really tough to do Zooms in Australia. Like, we're from, like, I live in Minnesota to... Australia. Mm -hmm. So there's like, I mean, it's like a 16 hour, I mean, it's an insane time difference. First time I talked to the, the husband who they tried to recruit. I mean, that's how I've like sort of stayed up to date with just, just to know like, yeah, they're definitely still like culting around. Well, so how did you meet the couple recruited in Australia? I got an email that was forwarded to me in 2020. So I have all these clips of Mark the, the cult leader, like doing these sermons. Right. And that was sent to me from Australia or it, you know, it was forwarded to me. And the email address was this, this guy in Australia that had forwarded the, the message. And so I, you know, after I listened to the clips, I emailed the guy and was like, Hey, like, where did you get this stuff from? You know, can I talk to you? <laughs> we just started emailing for a while and then we did zoom. This battle of informing people is so difficult. I was interviewing Dr. Lalish, and I said, what do you want people to do as far as activism? And she said, it's hard because uh, schools won't let us lecture. You and I have talked about this mm -hmm. on cult awareness or like having a simple cult awareness, one sheet about coercion and manipulation and trafficking and cults and religion and political cults. Okay. So she says... It's hard because the uh, schools won't let anyone in to talk because they're afraid someone's religion will be offended. They just keep on going. What you're doing using the power of the Internet is getting so specific. Here's a few clips of this guy, you know, saying crazy things in his mm -hmm. sermons. He probably heard those videos, right? Sometimes okay. there's like a rapid response. I mean... I mean, they were aware of me. Like, I know they were aware of me in 2020 because... 
Peter and this guy in Australia, like his daughter refused to talk to him after seeing this video that I had made. I heard that from the daughter and I heard that from these Australian people that like had been recruited that I was in contact with. So they've been aware from the start, but they became like hyper aware once I put out that YouTube video that's like a half hour long about them. And then after, I mean, at once the Chris got arrested and that stuff happened. Like, then they've just been... Okay, so Chris B. is the guy who got arrested in Washington. During it, he called his daughter property. Yeah, Chris C. Some people might not be familiar with the backstory. Please see hopestories.com. I'd also say, like, my TikTok, I'm just at Sierra Warner, and that's kind of blow by blow, and it gets updated. The Land of the Body is the name of the doc on YouTube. I went to Alaska and shot drones over, you know, the, the area that they were in and then mm-hmm. took all of my audio interviews and a little bit of video. That kind of tells the story. This one has got my attention so much as many people are following with you. It's a religious cult that uses scripture to do what it wants in secret meeting places, etc. And one thing you and I are on the same page about is that I don't give an exception for some churches. I find cult behavior in churches, period. A lot of people would like to make a distinction. Well, religions aren't all culty. Well, do they have worship? Do they have rituals? And do they have rules about your sex organs? For me, I don't give religion a pass. As a cult survivor, I was indoctrinated by religion, which involved Jesus, Buddha, Gandhi, you know, mm-hmm. pick your part kind of religion. And so, yeah, I, I want to applaud you exposing that. And that brings us to the Cultish Podcast. The title, for those of you who are new to this story, Cultish, the podcast, was flying under the radar. And then Siren sniffed it out like a dog hound, as usual. The real insane thing about Cultish is that it's a podcast about cults that is run by a cult. It's a right-wing extremist church called Apologia that um, is, is, you know, they're a part of this Apologia media. And it's just the most ridiculous thing. I mean, to listen to the episodes is so ridiculous. And it has, like, a ton of fans of the church. But, I mean, they just, like, their definition of what a cult is, is, I mean, it's silly. Like You said they're flying under the radar. They're kind of acting as a cult podcast that would be an activist against cults. I saw a post from Casey of Cult Vault, who I love, love Cult Vault podcast. I think it was reply to you on Twitter, not sure, that that was one of the first podcasts she ever listened to. Yeah. Cultish. And then it took her a minute to realize they're weaving in indoctrination of Christian fundamentalism. Yeah, totally. I had already gotten the tip when I listened to it, like got all these links to, you know, this guy's history, Jeff Durbin, that runs Cultish and Apologia. And it was bad news. Um, And these were from like Check My Church was one of the sources. And like, that's a really good website. There was... Just, you know, some really crazy stuff in there and, you know, that she had tried to con like, I mean, she tried to contact them for questions and she had a terrible experience with that. And she wrote about it, the the author Mm -hmm. Um, and just like incident after incident. And, you know, there was this other Christian group that I mean, they're they're like super Christian, but they they did media stuff and they're kind of like the first people to expose it really. There's definitely like links to that in my article about, well, there, I have two articles about cultish, but the other one is like, it's called like the, you know, five elements of a cult with Alexandra Stein. Alexandra Stein okay. is like my favorite cult expert. And, you know, she laid out like in legal documents, like what a cult is like, I mean, the, the people in cultish just had like such a ridiculous idea of like what a cult actually constituted. This is what they think a cult is. Like they, they said, okay. and the definition here is cults do four things add to scripture, subtract from the Trinity, multiply the means of salvation, and divide loyalties. You know, nothing yeah. about isolation from your family and separating mm-hmm. you from healthy relationships. And 
Okay, and I know that you've revealed in this article why they're recruiting. That's their point of existing in this space. Yeah, they, they do recruiting. I mean, the, the thing that's really messed up that I sort of, I, that ends that article is that they have these pamphlets online for like ex-Mormons. It's like, this is why like Mormonism is bad. And this is like, the this is why this is good. Like, and this is like from the tip I got from uh, the podcast called Indoctrination, which is great. They seem to be like going after people who cult jumping is a real thing. And that seems to be like their target. This is why Mormonism is bad and we're good. And we have a pot. I mean, they do a bunch of episodes about like why Mormonism is bad for the Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah. Okay. But they, they have actual pamphlets. Like you can buy them. Like you can buy 25. You can buy 100. Like these are things you can buy 500. They're making money from this, from their followers. Like they've convinced right. their followers it's a good idea to buy these pamphlets and give them to Mormons. Indoctrination makes us do things. And I guess that one was effective. You're listening to The Frankie Files. FrankieFilesPodcast.com But you are revealing some an underbelly of the whole cult industry, which has gotten me pretty riled up as a cult survivor since I started six months ago. I wanted to talk to you about that. Someone is in the cult space, podcasts, articles, whatever, but they're mildly recruiting into another cult, into meditation, into churches. Ours is better. The only reason you had a bad cult experience is because theirs was bad. What I think about that is when people leave cults, especially like a religious cult or like a yoga cult or something like that, let's say, like mm-hmm. you don't leave and the religion is just gone from your head. It evaporates. That's right. And That's you don't, right. yeah, I mean, you don't stop doing yoga if you were like in a yoga cult or something like that. Typically, like these are like parts of your, they, they, they make up like who you are. The people who are fresh out of cults are the most vulnerable people to like join another group or something. But then you have like, you know, this, if you actually look at the, like something like the cultish or apologia, you know, the, the, the guy is like famous for recording people's confessions. And then when they leave, if they say anything, like he'll just put the, their confessions of like, you know, like sort of like Catholic confessions, but this isn't Catholic. And then he'll like post their confessions on the internet to like humiliate them. Okay. Now how is that different than the body cult, Siren? I mean, it's it's not like it's um, the whole I blackmailing mean, thing you've been cults exposing. Do, cults do like I mean, I guess like once you've read enough cult mm. stories, you you sort of realize that like they all have like the same DNA, mm-hmm. um, and this Amen. like smearing people, blackmailing people, it's it's super common. After you published the article, I know you got beat up. On your website. Would you talk to me about the tactics used, please? I'd like to get that exposed too. So so what cultish did is like I so I went on their page once the article was up um and just started posting on various topics like you know, this is their their videos, like if you if you actually like wade through this stuff, it's disgusting. So I was writing like this is what's wrong Mm -hmm. with this. And then they found me, found the article, and then they posted it, and they made like, oh my god, like look at this crazy person who says we're a cult. Here's how you can find them on the internet. They put links to my stuff. They were joking about it, like they were taking pictures from my article, like posting that, like their Facebook profile was this this image I made of mm-hmm. what the hosts, the words control over the hosts' eyes, and they made that like their background photo. All that stuff is gone now, but. They post it and remove it. I mean, they sent like a ton of trolls after me. This is just how cool the internet is, is that there were other people who follow me or whatever that jumped in and started supporting me. We just got in this like, we got to a point where there were like hardly any of these people. And then like I posted the second article about it maybe two days later and they were just Mm -hmm. silent. Like in the beginning, there's hundreds of comments disappeared. Can't F around like that. And make it like like a big like a joke, and then people read the article. Like if you read the article, it talks about 
this guy secretly recording confessions and stuff like that. What I think is that people were actually sending them like mail. Like, is this true? And of course I have Mm -hmm. links to other sources. Like, I mean, it is, it's true. Like all this stuff that um, I had to say about them, like was fact checked. They accused you of going to delete these comments. And you said our policy here is that comments are not deleted. Even if it's like a, even if somebody says I'm a terrible person and, you know, the article is disgusting, if they put that comment up there, like I'm leaving it. it just, you yep. know, as a journalist, yep. like deleting anything, really. Well, and it tells a story too. Like when you read the article and then you see the comments on Instagram, like it tells a story about like what's going on with the, yep. the loyalty and, you know, it, it tells a story that, like, people were sent there, and, like, it's it has dates and stuff, too. Telling cult stories, yep. I mean, when I write about a cult from 50 years ago, like, I don't get any blowback. Writing about contemporary cults, yes. groups that are mm-hmm. still around, you're courting danger. You're courting, like, blackmail. They had tried to start collecting info on you, as oh, we yeah. talked about in your first interview with me. Episode 21, I remember you revealing to me during that interview that a person you talked to as a source for a different story was feeding info to the leader about you. They were starting a file. They know about me. And same thing, like, I guess, like with with cultish, where they were like definitely trying to get like information on me. Again, like we said before, like Scientology is like. Mm-hmm. super famous for this if you google like scientology blackmail scientology smear you can get a ton of results and it's so effective from like major publications too like from like time magazine mm-hmm. rolling stone places like that like um the there are very credible journalists who have who have talked about who you know interviewed survivors of of this yes. these kind of tactics Absolutely. And they make it personal. And when you think about a group that says they're righteous and holy and lifting the vibration of the planet or healing people or practicing the word of God, their behavior has nothing to do with representing righteousness. It is hard like to try to compose myself sometimes watching the, this war, these wars on people. Mm-hmm. And the war on people is whoever speaks out, you're going to get it. We're going to talk about that, too, in the, well, the final segment. One of the other things I'd like to touch on about Cultish Podcast, which was so important, and as a journalist, you remind us to follow the money. So as you followed yeah. the money, you found out Apollosia Church is the funder of this podcast, Cultish. The thing that's really obvious about cultish to me, like when I, when I first heard about it and saw, I saw the first video that was sent to me by the indoctrination podcast, you know, like this anti-choice video behind the guy is this giant neon sign with the cultish logo. Like it's made, like there's money, their media stuff. Like it's really well shot. It's really well edited. Like, I mean, there it's, it's so, I mean, I make video, like I just went to Sanskrit with a small video crew for the body. That stuff is expensive. Yes, it like, is. Like, Frankie, do you have like a Frankie Files neon sign that's like <laughs> long behind you? With my marketing budget and editing budget, do I do it all myself? <laughs> no, no, I don't. You said it so perfectly before, like every other podcast income and donations and monthly uh, memberships will put that money back into the podcast to improve it, to get more guests, to maybe go to some events live. Of course. We're not going to get a vanity light. You know, I doubt like Terry Gross has a giant fresh air (laughs) neon sign in her studio either. Like, it's not, I mean, it's not even just cult, like it's just so unusual a cult podcast made by a cult. I love this story. I saw the vanity in the leader personally. Mm-hmm. She wore furs and gold. Oh, not a lot of cars or anything, but there is a lot of vanity in religious leaders. They think they're gods, and once they start believing that... The there was a was. story in the New York Times from... But there were these preachers in New York City, and this was like a New York Times article, that like had their 
like a million dollars worth of jewelry stolen and they made us and it's like what are you doing with a million worth of jewelry that you wear when you're you could be helping like poor people or feeding mm-hmm. starving mm-hmm. children but you're you're spending it on a million dollars worth of jewelry for yourself i saw that story and they we're live streaming in the chapel with the doors unlocked with all of that gaudiness on. And someone just walked in, beat them, and took it. Uh-huh. This is the thing we say, okay, well, the argument is, well, some people see that as a blessing that they are successful because they love God and it's a blessing. No, it's a show of vanity. Yeah, and like in the story of Jesus, he lives in poverty, mm-hmm. you know? Like, and that's, mm-hmm. that's what they're saying they're emulating. They're trying to, you know, get closer to Jesus. You're listening to The Frankie Files. FrankieFilesPodcast.com Months ago on Reddit one day, I posted, name a cult happening now in your city that mm. you want exposed. And it was like 300 people right away. I got so much info off of it. And then I saw one of your comments on that post was there's a Minnesota food truck that's actually tied to a cult and its story here. Several months later, the local Fox News uh, did a story on this. You were way ahead, as usual. So tell us what happened. What is the name of this food truck? I mean, it's, it is a cult. I guess it's hard to say, like, what's more insane, like a, a cult podcast <laughs> run by a cult or a food truck run by a cult. Like, they're they're just, I mean, that's insane. But so food truck, though, it's called Bad Rooster. It's run by a woman named Solaire Alari, who used to be known as Lynn Young, who is a, you know, she has a connection with God. She can channel God and other spirits. Uh, yeah, I mean, I won't spoil everything, but I mean, the the video, it's a video by Fox 9 in, in Minnesota. They, they did the most. The Daily Beast has an article about it. I mean, this is something, it, it originally was sent to me on Facebook. Somebody saw this the, the original post that the family members of one of the victims posted that was like, hey, there's this food truck and it's a cult and I haven't seen my mom in 16 years. It has other names. Like there's Bad Rooster is the name of the the food truck. There's also like the woman is a minister at the Living Faith Spiritual Community, which is in Minnetonka, Minnesota, very close to Minneapolis and St. Paul. What I would call like the center of the cult is called Soulful Journey. Why so many names is a great question. In this group, everybody legally changes their name. I mean, this is in the Fox 9 piece and the Daily Beast piece as well. My mom, like otherwise known, like this was her old name. Like now she goes by this name. Like a lot of the people try to match their names with the leader. So they're like other Alaris mm-hmm. or other Solaires or whatever. But I mean, this is something that cults do is create shell companies, use fake names, have a bunch of names for businesses. Yeah. And, and the idea of like asking people to change their names, but like enough cults do that it's a pattern and it's something you can say, like, why would you want people to change their names? Well, these, these people that like, haven't talked to their mom in 16 years, like it makes it harder to find her and contact her. Okay. So how many people are in this soul journey um yeah soul journey or bad rooster um like a lot of groups like it's very secretive i think only a few members have been like sort of out it there's concerned family members who have contacted the news that's how this started and it's you know how it's sort of evolving and that's how like people have been found and then you know Somebody sees the Fox 9 article and their, you know, their sister is in the group and they go, holy mm-hmm. crap. Right. You know, then, then they call the newspaper or they call Fox 9 or whatever. I know just from like trying to suss out like everybody who's in the body, it can be very difficult to find out like who's in and who's not unless like their family members are speaking out. Or unless, you know, ex-members are the best resource because they can, the ex-members who speak out and they can say, well, there was you know, 10 people or there were a hundred people, you know, I haven't read anything about the bad rooster food truck, like doing anything to recruit new members. It's, I mean, it, it's solely a okay. like financial vehicle to fund the cult. 
they self-reported like they're they're filing defamation lawsuits right now and they they just self-reported that they make um nine thousand dollars a day when their food truck is operating which i think is exaggerated this woman solaire like there's articles about her from like the early 90s she traveled around the country like channeling spirits she gave these seminars where she would channel spirits like in in Minnesota, we saw like an explosion of food trucks downtown places, you know, any kind of festival going to be like a bunch of food trucks. So like it's good business. It's humorous to me that like this cult leader decided to go into the chicken game. Yellow Deli, 12 tribes. Everyone's like, oh, man, that food's good. Too bad to find that out. Delicious vegetarian meal with a little cult on the side. Do you know about the cult that was like they made music and the guy Father Yod would like hang glide or he died. He died hang gliding accident. The Source family is what they were called. Was mostly like in the 70s. They started out as a popular restaurant, like a vegan restaurant in Los Angeles. At this restaurant in Los Angeles, you know, stars were going there like Woody Allen mm-hmm. like makes a joke about like eating at a, this vegan restaurant and in mm-hmm. one of his movies it comes from the source family. And it's very okay. similar to the restaurants that uh, the 12 tribes operate. There are cities where like you could, you could walk into one of these 12 tribes restaurants like today. There's a 2012 documentary about the source family. Yeah. About Jody Willie and Maria Demopoulos. I believe it's on Amazon Prime. That's how I okay. watched it. You have a connection to God. It makes you like attractive. Like you have all the answers. Like it's that's mm-hmm. women sleep with the leaders. I mean, that was what was going on in um that Wild Wild yep. Country documentary yep. about the Rajneesh yep. or whatever. You can either be a rock star or a religious leader. And in the Swords family, it's like they're doing both. I mean, they interview like Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins, who's like, oh, yeah, their music is great. Like, I love the music that they were. My sister and I were musical uh, group, a duet that created music for our temple. I'm trying to get my hand on this tape, a cassette tape. We were called the Daughters of Isis. We sang about themes that we were being indoctrinated on, like Osiris, Isis, the beginning and the end. We were pretty good musically. Mm-hmm. She's an amazing guitarist. I have not even begun on my podcast to explore this. I'm researching hypnotism and music and how it's used. And let me tell you, I'm so disappointed like about what I've experienced having started to research this. Mesmerization takes place. When you chant or oh, yeah, chanting <laughs> do repetitive singing, and why religions and cults use it so much, and political too, right? Chanting, mm-hmm. okay. So, I have an article about on my website about the music of cults. This that. is one of these things that just blew my mind. It's like there's a DJ in New York at this really cool radio station called WFMU. Who has a he has a show every I think it's every Tuesday night called mm-hmm. the Music of Mind Control. Every most cults have some sort of like music involved. The article I wrote about it, which includes a bunch of music, is called oh. WFMU's Music of Mind Control is the greatest like radio show in cult history or something. Wow. He, he like made like art like specifically for the. The article, the guy's awesome. It's really esoteric, but it's mm-hmm. um, it's fascinating. I mean, he's got like a recording, like the in Jonestown, they had a music group called the Jonestown Express, and there's there's music from that. There's like recordings of yeah. a band at Jonestown. Yeah. Ekin Carr makes all this new age music. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of new age music. The band um, Morningland had Shiva was the name of their full peace band they had like 12 members wow so they would oh yeah they were totally into indoctrination through music so they would have these concerts you know everybody pays for <laughs> all the members who already pay pay again and also they would try to get this band shiva at political events for congressmen and stuff in california 
there was so much going on there. They were accused of bribery. The lawyer for Morningland gave one of the Congress people a $10,000 check, which was not marked as a donation at one of the events that Shiva played at. So it was like, hmm. They almost went down to the, the improper donation? Correct. Okay. It was for bribery. That's yeah, amazing. Don't, and, and, yeah, um, there's a I story guess, like, there. Was the was the music like was the was Shiva like was it good music? Yeah, yeah, it was rock. It was yeah, very it's, it's, good. It's really interesting. Um, I know. In um, the 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 documentary, the thing I made that's on YouTube, Land of the Body, like. Mm-hmm. I used um, Doe Applewhite, Marshall Applewhite, the leader of Heaven's Gate. Like when he was a college professor, he like did a music class and they made this music. And there's like there's a couple recordings that like survived because I mean, it's a long time ago. Like that was in the 60s, I think. Um, and all the music I use in the documentary is Marshall wow. Applewhite's music. Like the definitely like sort of like chant. I don't even know how to describe it. It's kind of hypnotizing. It's like droning almost, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Especially for the new age ones. When I talked to Dr. Lalish about Heaven's Gate, and you and I had chatted one time about Heaven's Gate, what she said was so intriguing. She had so much knowledge. She had been interviewing them for her book bound to choice before they committed suicide and they had literally said over and over she was telling us on that interview we're not going to commit suicide and then they did so you know like all these families were so shocked because they thought that the situation was in hand and it wasn't she studies him and her so extensively that you will love the book you've got to read bound to choice yeah i mean i would love to i I mean that's all i read is cult literature he was the incarnation of christ and he's dope she t was god to and he was the christ coming back to finish what he wasn't finished two thousand years ago so yeah. going back to your statement recently, you are saying, you know, religion, Christianity specifically has done so much damage. And I can now tell you, because I got it straight from her and the book, 39 people are dead because he thought he was Jesus Christ. Yeah. So don't I, tell I, me I, that doctrine doesn't hurt people, right? I, I mean, it's, I guess, like, with Heaven's Gate, it's really complicated because it's like a... Oh, yeah. It's this oh, yeah. melting pot of different views. Like, if you watch mm-hmm. the exit interviews, like, nobody talks about Jesus. Nobody talks about right? God. Like, oh, no, that was um, just for internal knowledge. Correct. Yeah, I mean, it's like... You're correct. Uh, you know, th- there's just, like, so many different i i mean and that's kind of what makes it fascinating is doe and t like had like you know bad the, the reason why they became doe and t is they like wanted to escape their lives because there was like trauma but i mean it, it, which yes. is, i mean fascinating to like learn any i mean more about, mm-hmm. about their lives and in the book she shows how they first met they went to a like a campground in oregon and had this meeting of minds together and got their doctrine together. And then they went out and started recruiting. And part of their doctrine included saying that the next level was bodiless. So we need to become non-humans to oh, get to the, the next the, level. The bodiless thing happened when he died because she wasn't supposed to die. Uh-huh. So then it became like they were all supposed to be like magical creatures or whatever. And then when she died, then that's when... Uh, Marshall Applewhite Doe was like, we can transcend the earth. Yes. We don't need these physical bodies, yes. and you know, and then and then eventually thirty nine people died, or I guess like thirty eight people died, thirty eight victims of Marshall Applewhite. We don't need these bodies, and the spaceship was going to pick us up before, but now we've got to kill ourselves to get to the Hailbop Comet. Yeah. These reaches in concepts, she breaks it down in bounded choice like never before. It's really quite amazing because, you know, uh, the public's view is always, oh, how could you believe this? Well, that's not how they started. No. It's incremental. You believe this and then you believe this and you inch towards something else. 
And all of a sudden you're like in outer space mentally. There's a particular like sadness to Heaven's Gate that I find really interesting because people are like, how could these people ever, ever join this group with these insane ideas about, you know, space aliens and and whatnot. There's like a particular like, hey, like you, you could believe there was something out there like these are don't he's a charismatic leader. Um, maybe not to you or I, but to some people, hey, you can leave your life behind and like join this and like, you know, magical things are going to happen, basically, or magical thinking. It's depressing, too, to think like people are want to like leave their lives behind and their families behind for this. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess that happens in like in a lot of cults, but um Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's particularly, like, I mean, these were, like, good people. They weren't religious fanatics. You know, they just got caught up in this, like, fantasy. What you just said, uh, magical thinking. You know, one of the the problems with being a cult kid is we were taught to believe in this type of magical thinking. They would say, oh, look, the food has lasted all night. It's been a manifestation. And everyone would just act and then everyone would get on board and be like, yes, it's a manifestation. Like it's literally BS. And then watching everyone play act around the BS, this is the the cult thinking. And when we leave a cult, then we're, I have had to tell myself like nothing is a solve all. Get over it. There's no magical answer to anything. Life's difficult. We got to get through it the best we can. No one's going to swoop down and wave a magic wand. You won't feel any ailments and you'll be young and everyone will love you. People are not idiots who join cults. I mean, there's like an appeal. You were just talking about like, it's a miracle and how, um, you know, Mm -hmm. this this is a cure-all. Like, there is no cure-all. You're right. But, Mm -hmm. But like, wouldn't it be great if there was? And so let me sell you that idea. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but like to, to you or I, like if somebody said like, I can solve all your problems and here's like the solution, here's this like elixir, yeah. all your problems, you won't be lonely. The best quote I've ever heard so far on that is from Robert J. Oh, Lifton. Yeah. He writes that we have a death anxiety as humans. We do mm-hmm. not know what's going to take place after we die. So we have a seeking of that knowledge. To me, that is the number one exploited yearning, feeling that cults and religions get down on with all of us. I have the answers. No, you don't. Nobody knows. That's part of the human condition. We do not know our creator and we do not know where we go when we die. No, he's he's great. He's, he coined the term brainwashing. The Chinese. Mm-hmm. He's a super super interesting guy. Say you're you're growing up, you know, a thousand years ago or something, and like your child dies or something. Like you want answers. Like human beings want yes. answers for death. If if my you know if my if somebody I knew was murdered, like I would want answers for like what happened. Mm-hmm. Like. The search for answers is is part of the like religious experience broadly. Yes. That's why what I love about Bounded Choice is she says, true believers, we're exploited. We want to believe. There's a special feeling when you look up at the sky and you see the stars, that feeling of wonder that you get. Well, let's give it a name. God, let's say there's a spaceship coming. You could just go with it. It's that void, that very void that cults and religions tried to fill, and they have no business trying to do so. We're all in this together. Sorry, you're not my master. It, it's understandable why people want answers. Mm-hmm. It's understandable why people want there to be an afterlife. The stuff cults are made of um, that is, like, appealing how you get members is, like, there's always, like, you know, a, a rainbow at the end. Like you said, a cure-all. It's that kind of thinking, you know, that, I've had to manage since I left. This guy is not the answer to everything, or this job is not the answer to everything. I'm still going to have to deal with some of my emotional problems. There is no answer to everything. Sorry to ruin your milk and cookies. 
You're listening to The Frankie Files, frankiefilespodcast.com. Hi, hi everyone. Um, Howdy. Hi, hi Frankie. Hi, Sharon. What's the latest on, on the story you're following? They released like a sort of like an attack article in this bogus newspaper that they paid for. Um, and then, I mean, the, the, the real latest is like the court records of the, the guy who was like calling his daughter property, Chris C., like the, his federal case, like those court documents. I've just been pouring over those for the past few days because there's just a lot of documents in there. And then I, I went to Tenasket where the cult is based. Um, which is which was a wild time, but I, I got I went went to the um, the courthouse and going through property records and court records right now. I, I guess like I try to keep it up to date on TikTok or other. I mean, it's it's a lot of it is just like information gathering though. There hasn't been like an earthquake in the case. I would say like nothing nothing like the arrest, but it keeps going. And now there's I mean there's this like woman who's missing who has six kids that's not melissa parker um that's her sister and that's i mean that's pretty recent yeah becky stanton or becky parker um like i i have not been able to find a trace of her since 2020 when she signed a mortgage that's like the last update about like in her life like nothing no pictures, no social media, no... In a court document, it says that uh, this woman, Katie, who who wrote an affidavit, says that there was a woman who was kicked out with six kids and she was able to, like, leave with, like, one son thing. But then I've also heard that, like, she's gotten back into it from another reporter. Their house is for sale right now on Zillow. You can look at their house, which has beautiful like six hundred thousand dollar house with her husband Derek's art is like in the basement like in one of the photos so it's like 100 percent their house and their names are on the mortgage i guess property records but that's i mean that's the stuff that's that's new i guess and i'm gonna keep releasing this stuff i i mean i have an article about becky that's pretty much done that i'm just gonna put on online that i'm sure will i'm sure he'll hear some blowback from the cult just to add what i think when you started posting about the group you were saying your approach was different because you were an observer and you were looking through data and online records to try and uncover what was going on is is that right and if so have you got any tips for anyone else who's trying to do the same thing because typically stories come about because of a survivor but but what your approach, if that's how it how it is, is very different. Have you got any tips for anyone who's following you know, traces of information to get to what's really going on? I mean, survivor or not, I would say, I mean, I use a, a service called Truthfinder that if you're like looking people up, you'll find because they do all this like these ads on the Internet. And it's like twenty five dollars or something. But the secret of Truthfinder is that when you go to cancel it. They do this like, wait, wait, you could have all these services for $10. So I pay $10 a month for Truthfinder, which will give you who their relatives are, who their associates are, what their like known addresses are, what their court records are, where you can find like who owned a house, um, if they have a lien okay. on the property, if they went through a bankruptcy, that information is, is in there. What businesses do they own? What are associated businesses? It's not like 1000%. Like sometimes people have similar names and records or maybe records like you, you'd have one bankruptcy, but it would be recorded three times or something. Like you, you got to mm-hmm. pay attention, but then there's like state records um, business records vary by state as far as what they will release. Like some states are really good, like um, Washington State. You can pull out of documents. Alaska. I mean, these are places that I have. But but then there's other places like in Oklahoma. You have to pay for records, and that's a pain in the butt. Is the but, police records on there too? Oh yeah, I would say this is another thing. Is you go to a county's 
if you look up county records, like and go to the um, the police division, you can, I mean, I've gotten a bunch of records this way where it's like, hey, like on okay. this date, I know this happened. It was in the police blotter. Like, I want the report for that. Like, I yeah. have a bunch of like body cam footage. I didn't pay for any of that body cam footage. I just wrote a request because mm-hmm. I pulled the police report and it said they were wearing body cams and then it was available. And um, they emailed it to you? Yeah, it sent all sent in an email. Some places are are different. Like they'll they want to send you like data disks or or whatever. Like if you want court audio, but mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I mean this is something that like I just learned through trial and error is that you can kind of get documents. And this is another thing you can do is like the the cult leader in Tenasket that I'm following, Mark B. I just talked to the police department and said, I want every police report that this guy is in from hmm. 2018 to right now. It, it took a little longer, but you know, they have it's public information and they, they legally have only like so many days to send it to you. You can learn all kinds of stuff from public records. And I mean, some of the public records, like these affidavits that I got from Tenasket or from hmm. o- Okanagan County where Tenasket is, like they in the affidavits, it's like I was a member of a cult. The name of the cult was the body. Like this is the leader of the cult. This is the leader of the cult's wife. Like like mm-hmm. they state specifically in court documents. I mean, I feel like at some point I'm going to publish something about how mm-hmm. to get court documents, how to get cheapest way to to get this your hands on this stuff because i think it's valuable for i mean especially for like survivors who want to know what's going on or journalists pacer is a is where i'm getting like the federal that's where you get federal court documents pacer p-a-c-e-r that's like the government run website remember before when i was saying like that this guy wanted like silver for every second he was wrong like that that's from Pacer. I just got that yesterday. Okay. And anybody can use it. You do have to filling out the paperwork is a pain in the butt. Like the government websites are terrible. Another thing I would say though is like if you have confusion with how to pull court documents or how to get information, police reports, whatever, they always have a phone number and they always have some receptionist okay. who will tell you you know, this is how you do it. This is what you need to write down. Here's the form. So this is stuff we can do without having to do a Freedom of Information Act or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, Freedom of Information Act request is, like, a pretty extreme. Like, you can find information you can't find elsewhere. The body had a business called Satec. Like, if you Google Satec, you're not going to find much information, although mm-hmm. there is one really funny Google review. If you go mm-hmm. to the state of Alaska's website and look up their business search, you can do the search there. It's not a, you, you won't see it in Google search results. If you do the search on the state of Alaska's business website, you can find tons of information about Satec. You can see mm-hmm. a bunch of cult members' names on their business documents. You can see, mm-hmm. you know, articles of disillusion, biannual reports, the initial filing, like, Like, if you know that a cult has a business, like, say, like, this bad rooster food truck, like, I haven't looked up their business records, but they exist, and they're public. Most states, you don't have to pay for them. Some states, you do. This is what makes you a good journalist. It's learning. Just, like, you know, I was smashing my head against the wall for such a long time trying to figure Mm -hmm. this stuff out. But then it, it really, like, for me, it came down to, like, actually, like, making phone calls and mm-hmm. finding out well, like what I needed to do from the like the actual like county clerk or whatever. But anybody can do that. And and again, like I said, I think Truthfinder, I've used a whole bunch of people finding services that, that are mm-hmm. useful in some ways or another. But you have to sign up and then cancel your membership to to drop it. When you were in Tenasket recently, did you um, speak to members of the body that are there? At this point, it's gone so far. I wouldn't feel comfortable talking to meeting mm. a member in person. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I talked to people in the orbit, like the sort of like associates, people who had gone to meetings before. 
I mean, I've interviewed people who like contemporary people who I believe are in the cult on the phone or through, you know, zoom or whatever, but not like, yeah, I I wouldn't, I I honestly wouldn't do an interview with them in person unless it was like a very controlled environment. It's dangerous. They're gun nuts. They're sovereign citizens. And they're in a, they're in a Mm -hmm. cult that doesn't like me at all. That was the scary thing about Tenasket too. Like when you drive out to the property, because we've like flew drones over the, the new Mm -hmm. compound. You don't have cell phone service there. Zero bars, nobody's cell phone works. That makes it, like, extra scary. Well, they did that on purpose, huh? I think that they're in the middle of nowhere is on purpose. Just one of these things, like, all over. We drove kind of all over uh, Okanagan County where they were. Like, we stayed, I think, like, 25 minutes away from the town Mm. of Tenasket itself most of the time. We stayed in a couple places, but... You drive outside of these small towns and you just don't have, your cell phone doesn't work. I don't know Yikes. what you do if you got like a flat tire or something or mm-hmm. any, or you didn't have a spare, I guess. But like if you were in some kind of, I mean, we used walkie talkies. Wow, this is getting interesting, Siren. It's a wild story, I guess. Yes, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely a wild like, ride. I guess what makes like this story of the body and my work to me, like, like, like how it's gotten to this place is I've just yeah. been doing it forever. Um, mm-hmm. I've been doing it for such a long time and there's always something new. If you keep following it, if, if you keep going down the rabbit hole, you're going to find new stuff. Like, like for instance, like there was a documentary about Nexium called the vow, you know, a couple of years ago, all these survivors and the story and all this tape. And now mm-hmm. there's like, the second season of The Vow is about to come out in October because, yeah. like, they just kept the cameras on. They kept following the story. They have a whole new season about Nexium, which has been done. It, the cult has been over for years. I hope it gets big enough that, like, it's impossible for them to recruit. That's kind of the goal. Yeah. Story gets to the point where they can't, they're, like, famous. They can't recruit anymore. Then, yep. like, I, that's when I sort of feel like I've done my job. From the cult kid, thank you. Thank you so much for doing it. Oh, yeah, I appreciate it. I know it's not easy, Saren, what you're doing. You know, the, the truth is that, like, I just hit a point, like, I'm just kind of like an obsessive, like, when I have, like, a creative project, like, I just, like, can't stop until, just want to keep, like, going and, and keep making it. Mm-hmm. It work like I've I've only had like I mean I used to I was a terrible musician but I used to try to work on music and like you know I I had to buy like just from I, I was broke all the time I mean I'm still <laughs> broke all the time but I dump all my money into this but mm-hmm. like dumping money into music because it's like I just know like this like this is interesting to me and I just care mm-hmm. about it and this to me is is kind of like. It's you get to be creative too, like when you're on a video shoot or you're writing an article or you're doing like the research part is the hard part, but it it is really fun. Like making TikToks is fun (laughs) to me. Doing this in real time with contemporary cults is different. We're attempting, you know, I do it too on my show, and and there is, like you said, in real time backlash sometimes. It's pretty hard to take you just have to have your audience prepared to help you and that's the hard part is getting to the audience through the harassment of the cult you're trying to speak out again one thing that i guess has changed for me is like in the beginning i was like so afraid of the backlash and now like as long as my safety isn't a concern like i love the backlash like when they wrote that article and called me a nonsensical (laughs) internet blogger it like made me smile. They're they're just sort of like exposing themselves. Like yes. when they when they fight back, they're yes. expo- they're making it more clear that they are a cult. So it's sort of like when I started with this, the only Morningland post was like seven years old or ten years old. Now, when you Google the word Morningland Church, you'll see a lot of information that I've put up. Suddenly, they have a website, a one page, and then. Really? Yes, that's like a little uh, reaction that I'm so happy about because it's like, yeah, you better try to represent yourself because I'm putting the information out there 
the truth of what's going on in this group. And then they updated another intentional community website, which is on someone else's host. It was two months ago that they did that. And I'm like, (laughs) as I expose info, they're being forced to try to represent themselves. They've been trying to be sort of like the body cult, uh, overt, undercover, recruitment, et cetera. Mm. They just want to not exist so they can move in the dark. And these simple posts about my family's experience has forced their hand enough to make a website and to update their other profile two months ago. Your story will break too if you just keep doing it. Like eventually you'll strike a nerve with like, I I guess like you, you keep doing it. But but I've given the body like a Google problem. Like if you Googled the body, right. Alaska, Tenasket, like if you used all the keywords, like when I started, you'd find yeah. nothing. There's a Newsweek article. Now there's like my yes. website is the first result. Now mm-hmm. and there's like pictures of these people in YouTube videos and it just goes yes. on and on. And, and this podcast is going to be on the Internet. Like that's another thing yep. that will be a Google result and you just give them like mm-hmm. that sort of like negative <laughs> press or whatever. I mean, you could look up like Scientology and like the first result is going to be like, Hey, we're Scientology. We're great. And maybe the mm-hmm. third result is like, this is a cult. Um, <laughs> like handing, handing over a Google problem is like a good thing to aspire to, I guess. Because not that <laughs> difficult. I just started a Squarespace is how this started. That's just like the, the, the website, like having a, creating a web presence, you know, you, and anybody mm-hmm. can start like, you could, if, if you're like a survivor too, you could start an anonymous, um, like WordPress or like there's free yes. options out there to tell your story mm-hmm. and it might not, it might seem insignificant, but it's not because, well, I don't really want to join this group anymore. And since I read exactly. this story that was horrible exactly. about these people being separated from their family members. Siren Warner can be found at cultstories.com. He covers the body, cult, and uh, many other topics, is an excellent journalist. And we appreciate you being here today, Siren, with us. It was fabulous to be. I, I mean, I love your show. I love having these discussions with you. It's like, I, I just. Uh, I know. We could go all day, Siren. We appreciate you having this time for us. I look forward to airing this on my podcast. Yeah, yeah. I look forward to the next thing you do because you just, you make cool content. You talk to interesting people. Thank you. Vice versa. Yeah, thank you. You're listening to The Frankie Files. FrankieFilesPodcast.com Cults, mind control, sexuality, and society. These are the topics for the Frankie Files. I also have periodic interviews of experts and survivors. Facing my own story by writing my memoir was the beginning of finding my voice. Well, I found it. I'll explore multiple writers and articles on these topics new each Tuesday. Listen in. Oh, and I promise not to waste your time.